Back in the day, like for Miller Park, when it was County Stadium still, um, there was always somebody who was trying to jump out on the field and race the like the sausages. And I we actually had, <laughs> when we were sitting in the bleachers, we had somebody in our party who wanted to do that. And he was just obliterated. And of course, the security guards knew what was up. And he was yeah. like announcing it even, you know, like, I'm going to beat the brat. Like, I'm going to beat the meat. I'm doing it. All of them. I'm and um so everybody in the stand was chanting beat the meat like they wanted him to go down there and run after it and they were taking up a collection that was back in the day i don't know get him out of jail yeah get bailed out of stadium jail this is patriot sports radio patriot sports radio <laughs> Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us. And thank you for your reviews. They're helping a ton in the ratings, just like I said they would. We are gathered here today at this ungodly hour because I'm an amazing father and I'm taking the Gorals to Wisconsin Dells for some much needed jet boats, go-karts, water parks. Summer's halfway gone. If you haven't done anything fun yet, like us, then as Haziz said unto Andy in the 40-year-old version, you got to get on that. Everybody's here, kinda, except John. I'm quite impressed considering you're all being paid $0 per hour. Chris is here at HQ doing the actual work. Angela's joining us as well. John is hitting the snooze button in Colorado, but I have some faith that he may check in at some point. Coach is down in Oklahoma. I mean, I don't even know what time it is down there. Fuck it. Let's have some coffee and talk some sports. Now, are there sports to talk about? Kinda. It's mid-July. What are you going to do? Speaking of, what are you going to do? We've lost too many Hollywood mob guys recently. Sonny Corleone and Paulie Walnuts on back-to-back days was a bit much, if you ask me. R.I.P. to James Conn and Paulie Sirico. Those are those are a couple legends. Not like, uh, not bit players. Paulie was an all-timer in The Sopranos. Losing Polly Walnuts is is really tough, man. That gosh, that's such a good. He was such a good actor. James Conn, classic. Alan Bedillion Traherne. For uh, anybody that doesn't know that, that's an El Dorado reference, way before you guys' time. But it's amazing western. Should check into it. One of John Wayne's finest. I'm pulling out the knowledge this early. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just play the mob guys, but he James Conn. He he did it well. My mom was so psyched when Las Vegas came out. And she got to watch a whole new show with James Caan in Las Vegas. That was one of her favorite shows. I feel like my mom liked him quite a bit also. I, I'm i not in that camp, but it must be a mom. There are a lot of 70-year-old women mourning this one. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I'm pretty sure that he was uh, the John of his era. So. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well... On to more impressive and happier things. Joey Chestnut, American hero. Some protester rushed the stage. I don't even know what the sign said. I'm not even going to give the sign any time on this show, but uh, he was not having it. Did you see the reaction time? The form on that 
on that chokehold. And then uh straw hat guy came in for the takedown. It was beautiful. I mean, he saw that guy maybe a half a second. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl even. He looked over, saw the threat, neutralized the threat. Back to eating hot dogs. It was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen, Coach. It was a dude. Well, let's keep in mind that the dude already had a broken leg. I mean, he he was not hitting on all cylinders to begin with and had zero hesitation. I, I can tell you that was, a, that was more than impressive for me seeing that. I was like, wow, this guy, he deserves not only to be champion – and and I mean not only that it you know maybe it cost him a world record because he was he was in it to win it he still still ended up winning it pretty going away I know so. it cost me the over seventy six and a half hot dogs yeah Angela on crutches is it, this was a guy you said the protester yeah I guess it was a guy from what I read and um first of all what's more American than overeating as fast as you possibly can and then choking <laughs> someone. Absolutely. That's America on the 4th of July, the nation's birthday. Of course, that's how it went down. Of course. And um, so I did. I I thought, you know, I, I think you're just reacting at that point, right? Like if somebody's charging the stage or whatever they're doing, I mean, you in today's day and age, what's going on everywhere, all over the place. How can you not be like reactive like that? Like, I don't. He was super apologetic, and I know he felt really bad about it, but how can you blame him? Like, you don't know what that person's going to do, right? Like, for everybody's safety, like, of course you're going to choke or restrain somebody. But the fact that he just went back to eating. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true champion. That's a true champion. Somebody get him a cape. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of us, a lot of us, all of us probably wonder what we do in certain situations. Oh, what if, you know, I saw someone fall in a river? What if I was mugged? What if, you know, this happened? Would I jump into action? Joey Chestnut, no question. He knows the answer. Yes, he would. He would handle business anytime it needed to be handled. This restored my faith in the country a little bit. It's not being celebrated or it's not being called bullying. It's being celebrated as, you know, a great defense of hot dogs and competitions. So I'm glad we're not taking the angle of, oh, this poor protester. Well, and you, you almost had to think that when it happened. When, when I first saw it, that's the first thing I thought is they're going to come after him for harassing this protester, which in all reality, you know, it, it's exactly like back in the in the in the 90s back in the good old days when you would be watching professional wrestling and somebody get a little bit too amped and jump in the ring and then just get killed (laughs) it was it was something that you you were really excited about when that happened when a fan got a little bit too much sauce in him and decided he wanted to take on you know somebody for the belt and even though it was 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 scripted and bogus those guys are still athletes and uh boy it's it's interesting. Some of the best videos, if you ever get time, go back and watch when when fans decide they want to get involved with some of these cats. It never works out good for the fan. But I I, I think more we should see more of this. I think there should be more uh, protesters gone wrong because you know the thing oh, yeah. the thing that I love is a is a good protest that gets just Pearl Harbored on their canoe. Man, it's just so. It's so satisfying to me to watch somebody trying to disrupt something else just get demolished. I mean, there's some videos about Westboro church people that try to 
you know, protest uh, funerals and do stupid stuff like that. And, and they get what they deserve in the end. They're, it's a little bit like the Roadrunner and Coyote kind of deal, except for, you know, you never really feel bad like you do in the in the Roadrunner cartoons for the Coyote because on this one, you're just like, gosh, that guy got what he deserved. I mean, it, there's something satisfying. Yeah, like when a bull takes a matador and throws him 10 feet in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, that might be my yes. favorite thing to watch on the Internet. Yeah, it's it's. It's like that. It's it's really like the Earth just equaling out. <laughs> like uh, you know, everything everything that should be right in the world gets gets settled in nature. So, Angela. No, oh, we took that pretty deep for yeah, eight a.m. I like it, Angela. You're an art enthusiast. Did you see the people who glued their hands to a Van Gogh? Oh, <laughs> I'm not even sure what I they were did. protesting. It doesn't matter what they were protesting. I was pissed when I saw that. Oh my gosh. So bad. Really, We found the hot button. I can tell you that comes with a pretty hefty, hefty price tag. Like it doesn't matter if it's the actual canvas or the frame. My brother, when he was little, tiny, defaced a piece of art at a local art gallery. Was probably presumably a nobody painting it, or I shouldn't say that. A lovely um, local starving artist. So uh, they're going to pay because they're going to lose some skin, obviously, when they peel their hand off of the painting. But they're also going to pay for having to restore the painting. <laughs> I was really upset. Like, art, of course, is sacred to me. So what the hell were you thinking? Ugh. Bad idea. I don't understand why gluing your hand to things is the new way to protest. <laughs> and they're right. yeah, they're running out of ideas. This is the Fast and Furious 9 of protests. The longer this model goes on, and, and, and maybe it's a generational thing, but it just seems to get more ridiculous. I mean, when you start chaining yourself to stuff that they're going to tear down and things like that, it gets to be a little bit ridiculous. I, I don't know. You want to talk about ridiculous. I when I was looking into the uh, Joey Chestnut thing, started doing some other hot dog research, and boy, progressive field down in Cleveland, they, they got a lot of horrible shit going on. They have a place Cleveland. called, yeah, this is very Cleveland. They have a place called the Happy Dog Stand, and it offers selections such as the Slider Dog, topped with pimento mac and cheese, bacon, and Fruit Loops. Um, they've got the Southern Style BBQ Dog with pulled pork, beer cheese, collard greens, and barbecue sauce. That one sounds delicious. Um, they've got a dingus with sauerkraut, pierogies, and horseradish. Maybe. Yeah, that's a maybe. But why? Why are we putting? Why are we putting? I mean, it's a lot of Fruit Loops too. You can't even see the hot dog. There are so many Fruit Loops. I don't understand why that goes with like pimento mac and cheese. There's a thing where you're doing like sweet and savory with like you know really fabulous foods where you're um, like rendering certain flavors and undertones, but this is not that <laughs> and. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine how gross that must be. But was it, I mean, and I'm not being weird, but like, so did they roll it out in the beginning of this season or was it like a pride thing? Was it like a June thing with the rainbow? Like, I'm just guessing, like, I don't know why you would put Fruit Loops on a hot dog other than to promote rainbows. <laughs> it's so gross. I do. It's so gross. Yeah. I mean. Chicken and waffles, I understand. You want to get a little sweet savory going on. And they've got uh, peanut butter and sriracha. 
hot dog with alien pickle relish, which essentially they just put lime green food dye into pickle relish, and now they call it extraterrestrial. Um, it's called the Killbane. <laughs> it's got peanut butter, sriracha, and bright green relish. Somebody must be buying it, but I I don't. Well, it's a little bit like uh, Cleveland is searching for their true identity to begin with because you change your mascot name down there, which completely makes everything you do irrelevant. You know, they they have the Browns, which are, are a complete disaster. So maybe this is their way of trying to reach out and, and form some sort of identity. I don't None of that sounds appealing at this hour. But, uh, you know, I will say these ballparks – do tend to come with uh, with some quality stuff. Some of the most amazing culinary delights I've ever had, and you're kind of going to get on my soapbox here, but I love ballpark yes. food. <laughs> and, and I go back to the, the all-time champion, the one that is, is currently holding the belt, the Miller Park right there next to you guys. The, fr- the loaded cheese curds there are phenomenal. Now, I will say this, Miller Park, Last time I was there, you said you took them off the menu. Shame on you for doing that because it was phenomenal. And they said they were going to bring them back. I don't know if they're back. I'll have to check into somebody. Chris is shaking his head. They're he not. says no. Chris, Chris is shaking yeah, us off, which is ridiculous. Yeah, Chris talks to the season ticket holder people. He's, hey. I mean, he got a call from from the GM a couple a couple years ago when he purchased his tickets. He's plugged in. His name is on the wall over there. Hey, the next time you have one of those five-minute conversations, you might slide in to bring back the loaded yeah, cheese curds because the, they, they – I can <laughs> tell you right now. Good, not evil. <laughs> it's on the Mount Rushmore at my house, and I'm not just talking about me. My, my, my wife talks about them. My kids talk about them. Those, those were – that was a culinary this- party. And, and let me just – I mean – so if you're at if you're at a stadium around, you might you know you might tiptoe in some of that stuff that's a little weird. You might be surprised because they do try to come up with something. Unless you're in Cleveland and and whatever they're doing in Cleveland is probably yeah. wrong. This could be the fault of American <laughs> Family Insurance. Maybe Miller Brewing Company was on top of it and had your loaded cheese curds out there, and then American Family said, "No, no, no, we're an insurance company. We need to uh, cut the deaths by you know point five percent." Take the cheese curds. I find a lot of logic in what you're saying there. You know, I mean, it seems to me there's a correlation with the day that the name on the stadium changed and how they went about uh, satisfying their customers. There, There is some sort of connection there. I, I don't think that you take an icon like Miller Park and, and change it. I'm Again, I, I know you guys are regional and I'm kind of getting down a rabbit hole here, but the changing of oh, the name was wrong. So wrong. It was wrong. Uh, it'll be Miller Park till I die. Uh, nope. I'm not. <laughs> not nope. even if there's a fire. <laughs> not even if there's a fire. That's right. They better not say welcome to Amfam Field. I'll drop those motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah. I, God, John's missing <laughs> missing a pearl today, but. <laughs> yeah, this one's really going to piss him off. I didn't hear, I went ahead and didn't learn one thing about this guy. Um, I'm going to let you guys educate me on Fabian Ballboy Extraordinaire. Who is this guy and why Aww. is he all over the news? He's adorable. Well, yeah, Fabian is a ball boy for the Chicago Cubs. He is essentially a, a bat boy, ball boy, and he sets down the uh, third baseline. 
and he essentially fields ground balls. His fielding fielding percentage this year is perfect. I don't think he's missed one all year. I think in 74 attempts, he's he's actually perfect. And and so much so that Ortega, who who plays in, in left field, has even recognized him as maybe wanting to do some sort of swap. And that would probably be okay for the Cubs because they're they're really not doing too hot this year. But the uh yes, uh Fabian is is the hero. Anytime you're talking about the fielding percentage of your your ball boy, it pretty much sums up the season for you. Uh, but yeah, he's he's amazing kid, and he's doing great things down there. And not not anything gets past that guy. He reads it off the wall. And Wrigley's kind of a tricky place to be that guy. I mean, uh, we need to, you know, talk about Bartman, and 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 that's I mean that's the area where all that happens. So you know, he's he's doing great. He's he's quite a star. Quite a star. I think it's cool that he's getting recognition <laughs> because you know all those. They're all part of a family, and you know, even though they're out there all the time, it's not like they're talking to those megastars necessarily. And um, he takes his job so seriously, and he does a good job at it. And like, here's me being a mom, like, oh, that's so great! Like, look at him go. <laughs> so I love it. I think it's super cool. It's great to see the Cubs getting recognized for anything these days. <laughs> Like the fans love him too, you know. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Something to be excited about over there. It's amazing. Right. <laughs> Even if it is a ball. Are we going to see Fabian jerseys in the stands? Yes, I want one. <laughs> it's highly possible because he uh, he's doing great things over there. I I did see a video. I think where he he actually might have. Um, I don't know if he missed one, but he didn't really get it on the first attempt. Like it, it, it came off the wall kind of weird and he ended up fielding it there and he was actually really mad at himself. Like he was really, totally it, 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 it was like a deal. <laughs> like I was like, somebody's going to have to simmer this kid down. He's going to go in and flip a water jug because yeah. he, this is, uh, this is how serious he takes it and good for him. Exactly. Like he gave up a game winning homer. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's the game that Ortega came out and was like, Hey bud, you're good. You're good. You're solid. You're still, <laughs> you're still way better than anybody that's on the field right now. Word. Nice. See, um, that's what baseball needs to do. Popularize the things yeah. that the people love. Give us access to it. Yeah, it's the little things. It's the little things that makes baseball great, and and that's the things that need to be recognized. the The unofficial rules, you know, I I, I really like that stuff. The tradition because it's it's a game that has that kind of stuff, and and some of the other games don't. And it's just really really cool the uh, significance and and all of the atmosphere that surrounds baseball that makes it different. Yeah, it's America. Absolutely. That that sent me down a YouTube. Uh, rabbit hole of great <laughs> plays by fans and ball boys and girls. Here's what I learned. There might be more talented ball girls in the MLB than ball boys. I, or they're just making more, you know, web gems and top 10 plays. Um, I saw some really impressive stuff with some jumps and dives. They're saving people of, of broken faces every single day. The way they're snatching these balls before yeah. they fly into the front row. And then I looked at some fan stuff. Remember that 10-year-old, the the little boy who had a baseball tossed to him, and then he sleight of hand swapped it out for one that he brought from home yes. and handed it to the girls yes. behind him? Handed it to the girl? That's a Big future CEO move. right there. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the best. That one and the one where uh, they were at the College World Series and they go on the kid and he he realizes the camera's on him and he starts giving them the wink <laughs> and stuff like like he starts. I mean, he he puts on a whole stick for like two minutes. It was perfect. That was. I saw a Red Sox fan throw a home run back and he actually hit Stanton as he was rounding second base. (laughs) They probably threw him out for that, but what a play. Anytime a dad is like saving a kid from like a line drive to the head or like, like they're like barehanding a ball. Like those are always my favorites. Um, But it's so funny that when we were talking about protesters before, because I was, I did go down a rabbit hole looking at all this. And um, my, one of my favorite saves, like a save is whenever a security guard is tackling somebody who's trying to like my most favorite recent one was when um, that crazy chick at the Timberwolves got tackled on the court very recently i was like those guys are totally saving the game and he was all over her like he had her number chestnut like probably reaction time yeah right <laughs> okay so you guys you guys talking about that I, I, I mean this is the thing have you ever watched especially any for the most part except for in the sec if you see any college football game there is an officer or a state trooper that is assigned to the head coach. Nine times out of ten, that guy looks like something out of the Mr. Olympia uh, <laughs> contest. I mean, he he is a a chiseled specimen of person. Now, they do that for two reasons. One, nine times out of ten, those are the guys that want to be on that deal. But uh, also, the statement that it makes to anyone else that tries something like like Angela said, where they just, you know, go rogue and decide they want to tackle, you know, Mike Gundy or something. But the next time this college football season, when you're watching, look at these guys that are standing around and there's always a, a law enforcement official that is just yoked, just huge. Now I said that to say this, whenever these guys run on the field or try to do that, that is a significant moment in time that these guys practice and this dream is what about. I've trained for. That is a, a this is this is a a ten second, uh, pretty much unfiltered way of neutralizing a threat, and and then some of them are amazing. I mean, if you want to look at some of the great things on the internet, check out you know some of the times that that fans tried to come after Bob Stoops or something because there 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 was a there is right now there's a state trooper that's assigned at OSU games that is massive. There's one at OU too. Um, and, and they just, these guys, uh, they, they do not have any kind of funny bone in their body. This is all serious business and it's all, you know, and, and these, these fans will come and try to do something or whatever. And it's not just in Oklahoma, it's all over. You can Google it and go down the rabbit hole of that and, and watch several of them, and they just get demolished. These these fans, these college kids, or somebody that, oh, hey, this is going to be funny. I'm going to run up and try to mess with 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 the coach or whatever, and they get they get roughed completely. And some of these hits are better than you know, like middle linebacker kind of you know parting of the Red Sea kind of things. I mean, there's one in particular from OU that I'm thinking about, and and. This kid, I mean, I actually thought the kid got cut <laughs> in half. That's what this trooper did to this oh my kid. Gosh. And 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 it's kind of like I said, it's the 10 seconds of 
there's going to be no repercussions because the the fans in the wrong to begin with. And 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 so these are great great things to go look at. I know back in the day, like for Miller Miller Park when it was County Stadium, still um, there was always somebody who was trying to jump out on the field and race the like the sausages. And I we actually had <laughs> when we were sitting in the bleachers, we had somebody in our party who wanted to do that, and he was just obliterated. And of course, the security guards knew what was up, and he was yeah. like announcing it, even you know, like I'm gonna beat the brat, like I'm gonna beat the meat. <laughs> I'm doing it. All of them. I'm going to beat all of them. And um, so everybody in the stand was chanting, beat the meat. Like they wanted him to go down there and run after it. And they were taking up a collection that was back in the day. I don't we're know. They we're going to bail him out. <laughs> Get him out of jail. Yeah. Get him bailed out of stadium jail. Then, yeah. yeah. That was, oh my gosh. God, stadium jail. Crazy. That's a bucket list thing that I don't want to check off. But if I ever ended up in stadium no. jail, I think I'd have a moment where I sat there like, ah, well, I mean, I got this story. <laughs> yeah, we can check this off. Check. <laughs> it's not all bad. How do I don't know that I want to be want to be a regular. No. I wonder if there are regulars in stadium jail. Like, oh, oh it's you again, Otis. Yeah. No, I, I bet they're quick to ban you after one or two altercations. Yeah, yeah. You, I think a, st- a, a trip to stadium jail probably comes with a free lifetime ban. And hopefully a travel mug, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like I could, yeah. I could have some good ideas for a stadium jail T-shirt. I'm gonna jot that down. Now, yeah. I believe <laughs> I believe anybody who catches the baseball in their beer is a hero, and you have to drink the beer immediately. How do we feel about people, mostly dads, catching baseballs with a baby in the other hand? I, th- I think it's case by case. Some of them, I'm, I see it, I'm like, ooh, that was reckless, man. That was reckless. <laughs> you made the play, but... I, I mean, it's, it's only reckless if, if it doesn't work. <laughs> And and that's what I mean. I'm just gonna just gonna tell you that you know th- those guys in my book are heroes because if you're pulling that off, and, and because l- there's no bigger wrath than trotting home to the misses after going ahead and endangering the life of your youngster catching a baseball. I mean, that, there's no stadium jail that's going to equate to the ass chewing you're going to take when you roll in on they see that on Sports no. Center. And, and I'm I, I'm just saying that those guys that pull that off. Like I said, if you pull it off, my, more importantly, the thing that, that that chaps me, and I've got a little coffee in me and the wheels are turning now, but the more importantly, the thing that chaps me, and this is an unwritten rule of baseball that they should enforce, and you should be sent straight to stadium jail, is if you catch a baseball, give it yes. to a kid. Give it yeah. to the damn kid. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason that a grown-ass adult should catch a baseball at a stadium and keep it and not give it to a kid that's standing around him. That Unless should be the World Series. Well, and and even even then, I mean, pull the pull the trick or something. Pull the same kid trick. Keep one in your pocket. I mean, you know, when when I go to Wrigley, I always always take a scud that I can fire back in there if I'm sitting in the bleachers out out, out there in case I happen to catch one from Schwarber. I'm not going to be the guy that just is like, no, I'm keeping it or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire the old water log back in there, and they can put that in a bucket somewhere. There's nothing that is more of them, you know, hey, I got this game figured out than firing a scud in there that you brought from home, something that you got out of the yard. 
let them be realize when they pick that little thing up that they're like, man, this thing terrible. This thing's been chewed up by a lawnmower. Where exactly. Did this, where did this like bright yellow softball come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm firing. Yeah, I'm firing the old uh, dog softball out of the yard. I'm, I'm way too superstitious for that. Just as a degenerate gambler, I think you got to give that baseball to a kid for the good juju. If you keep that baseball, you might yeah. not win another bet yeah. for a month. I mean, the sports gods oh, are going to be mad at you. It's terrible, and and that's should be the the rule. Is a kid, you know, any kid sitting around you under ten, you catch the baseball. That kid gets the baseball. And so, you know, when when I go to a game and and there's kids around me or whatever, especially you know, you've got the young kids with the big mitt and they're there and they have no chance of catching a baseball unless it gets them hit in the face. So you know, I'm like I'm like, hey, listen, this is our time, and if it comes over here, I'm gonna get it, but I'm gonna give it to you because. We, we don't need to be fighting each other. We're on the same team here. We want to get you a baseball. You know what I mean? We want to make sure you go home with the baseball. That's, that's, and nothing feels better than, than seeing yeah. that happen. You know, you give, what, what's better than catching a foul ball and then giving it to some kid? That's, that's America. Like, there, that, that in itself is amazing. That's just a, a, I don't know. It's good. My karma. daughter's first game, we sat, you know, close down to the field. So I, she could hopefully get a baseball. And a guy in front of us caught a foul ball, immediately turned around, handed it to her. And, you know, she Aww. was thrilled. And I think that was a big reason why, you know, she was on board to go to another one. And now, you know, going to at least one Brewer game as a whole daddy-daughter thing is like tradition with us now. But I think if that first game had sucked, she would have not been so on board. But it was awesome. She got to wear a costume. She got a baseball. I mean, ice cream. In a in a helmet, I mean that's Absolutely. that's all wins. Absolutely, it is. No man, that's that's the that's only thing be better a rule than on the board. Is nachos in a helmet? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You know, it is July, <laughs> so we got a lot of. I'm looking. I got a lot of baseball here. Some people talk about Mount Rushmore's of things, or if Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I found Tony Gwynn's batting average versus some great uh, pitchers, and I will share them with you. He hit. 302 off Nolan Ryan, ever heard of him? Um, 312 <laughs> off Tom Glavin. Wow. Pedro Martinez, one of my favorite pitchers, arguably, you know, a top, hmm, whatever you want. I don't want to start any arguments. Very good. He had 314 against Pedro Martinez, 390 against Kurt Schilling. Hideo Nomo, 560. John Smoltz. 462, Dennis Eckersley, 429, Greg Maddox, who, I mean, I forgot what that stat was. He faced like 5 million batters and didn't walk any of them or never got to a 3-2 count, something like that. Anyway, he hit 429 off Greg fucking Maddox, dude. I mean, these kids don't understand how good Tony Gwynn was. They, They just don't. He's super underrated, super like people don't talk about him as much as they should. And I remember when I was growing up, you know, I, I it was before I loved baseball. Like I didn't realize how much I loved baseball. But my cousin, oddly enough, here we are in the middle of Wisconsin, right? And he was a crazy, crazy diehard Gwyn fan. And so I was able to recognize while I was young yet how amazing he was like while he was playing back then and not have to see all the stories and hear all the stories later. But like, I just, he's just a beast. So, so good. Just amazing. 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 So. Yeah. He's a, he, he's a different breed. I had this argument with someone this week about, 
you know, his his strikeout stats alone are amazing. And this goes to show you how different the game is today. They were uh, this particular meme or whatever that we got in an argument with. Is it Stanton? I think it was Stanton. Can't remember. Anyhow, it was it was about the strikeouts being so ridiculous in in today's game. It's it's all about hitting home runs, and players are going up there, and they they either they either hit a home run or they strike out. And the game was so different back then. But but Tony Gwynn was a different player, and and I think it was something to the effect of he had uh, more strikeouts. In, in in a month than 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 Tony Gwynn had in his career. And that that's that's not an uncommon stat. The guy was a, a machine. He he really uh had hitting down to a science and he was just a different kind of player. Um he was a he was a once in a generation talent that could really hit the baseball. And you know he even he was at San Diego State as a as a head coach. He even taught it for a while. Some of the greatest hitting videos out there are, are Tony Gwynn videos. I mean, where he talks about swinging the knob and and the knob and 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 the barrel go to the same place, and it's just really intriguing. And I always really like to watch any old school hitter um, before the the ball started jumping off the bat, and before we got into the steroid era and the home run era. You know, back in the day when baseball was about manufacturing runs instead of about home runs or striking out. Pete Rose is another one. Anytime you get to listen to Pete Rose or watch a video about hitting the baseball from Pete Rose, I loved it when he was on the TNT deal and, and he would talk about hitting. Now, now Pete Rose can get out there or whatever, but Tony Gwynn, Pete Rose, these are old school guys. These are old warriors that have that did it back in the day when uh, you know the balls didn't just fly out of the park for no reason. You really had to be a good, skilled hitter. Some of the things and the knowledge that they bring are fascinating to me to, to just watch the science involved in it and how they went about. These are true professionals that really mastered their craft. And, and Tony Gwynn is, is that guy. And he, he, he was different. He was really different. And I had to finally admit that. He was just a different kind of player. That, they don't, that's not the norm. But it was also a different game back then. And to compare him to now, I would love to see him nowadays in in the game because I I do feel like that you know he he would have success. I feel like that that he is the kind of player that would would have success in any era. But yeah, he's once in a generation. Really good. Yeah, the get him on, get him over, get him in era was different manufacturing runs. Now it's just swatted over the fence or strike out. Yeah, small ball was actually a thing. I mean, it was actually a you know it was about you know, manufacturing runs and it was about playing the game the right way. But again, I'm, that's my get off my lawn moment. I agree. <laughs> the game was different. We're, we're making Chris tired over there. We got to, we got to spice things up. What do we got next? Let's go spicy. I think the angels should trade Shohei Otani. How about that? Are we up now? It's like, <laughs> it's like Marcellus Wallace said to Butch, if you were going to make it, you would have already made it by now. The Angels somehow have two of the greatest players in the history of baseball, and they can't scratch a few wins across. They had a 14-game losing streak at one point. Otani had eight RBIs in a game that they lost. The Orioles have a better record than the Angels. Trout is locked up in that giant lifetime contract, but... and. 
I don't know if he wants to go anywhere. I think he's playing there, losing games, not saying anything about it. I think he likes that living in California under the radar somehow, as opposed to if he went to New York, you know, they'd be all over him. Why aren't you winning games? I think he wants nothing to do with that. But I mean, you could still get something for Otani. Maybe you, maybe you give him to somebody for all of their prospects. I don't know. You know, we touched on this a little bit with the Pac-12 when we talked about being on the West Coast and the time slot, and it's so crucial because these are these are you hit the nail on the head. Two of the greatest players that this this game has ever had, and it's it's horrible to me that Major League Baseball, you know, we never see them. We never get to see them. I never get to flip on in the afternoons and watch Mike Trout in the afternoons. It's always, you know, they're playing in the evening time or, you know, the West Coast time spot. And and out there, it's just a different animal. I, I really wish they would train them. I know they that, that they won't. I really wish that that both of those players could go somewhere where I could, one, see them more and they would get more exposure for the game. But two, they would they would be able to just – be uh, recognized for being gr- the great players that they are. The, the recent videos I've seen of Trout is literally like sitting in the outfield, you know, trying to he I think the last one I saw last week is he actually went to the pitcher in between innings is like, "Hey bro, you're tipping your pitches. Let me show you how you're tipping your pitches." Yep. <laughs> and because he was studying the game from the outfield and he, and he, and and that's what a great player does. Don't get me wrong, he's trying to trying to educate his his own team and, and trying to win. And I understand that, but yeah, he, both of those players are, are generational players. Trout is especially, he may be the greatest of all time. And, and, and this is kind of where I fall back to the MLB of don't tell me you can't help that along. Don't tell me you can't facilitate, you know, having these guys, you know, relocate to here or there for the good of the game. And, and, it just they're they're good they're really good I, I wish we could see more of them because what they're doing is phenomenal and it just it gets hidden and maybe Trout likes it that way I don't know if I want to if I want to be claim claim the title of greatest of all time I want to be on the biggest stage maybe play some postseason games yeah Bud Selig used to do it all the time with the Brewers anytime we got a good player he would just send them off to whatever team needed a good player to get over the hump on yeah. the coast <laughs> yeah in the biggest time spot exactly. Speaking of Aaron judge on pace for 60 home runs. He has 30 right now, as much as I hate front runner fans and nobody has more of those than the Yankees. I would love to see a guy hit 62 legit home runs. That would become my new home run record. And I'm sure there would be a million people on social media virtue signaling that. So I wouldn't be one of those, but I'll say it here. (laughs) That would be my personal record. If judge hit 63. I would I would recognize that more than the Royd ones. What's his strikeout? I don't know. I don't think he ever has. I don't think it's ridiculous like Stanton, but the game is so different now. And and, and we were talking about the balls not getting out of the park literally a month ago. Now we're talking about maybe home run records. It's the the changing of this the the pendulum swings. I I have a hard time with that. I think that there needs to be some consistency, but that's just me. Again, that's been the get off my lawn moment by the coach. <laughs> yeah, I I think like that that debate and topic comes up all the time when we were talking about balls, like how is the ball made and all of that. And 
um, the specifics of it and the equipment and how things change over the years and you know, fairness for beating other people's records and you know, you can't help that equipment changes and the balls change, but when the balls are changing or, or supposedly or assumably that they're changing in the middle of the season kind of is like wonky and weird. I mean, that's kind of what it's what it kind of points to in a way. Right. And they're complaining about um, that, the consistency of the balls. Um, and I, I think that I always think about records and previous records and upcoming records and how the equipment and the ball makes a difference and what's fair and what's not and determining like an athlete and how talented they are and how strong they are and how accurate they are versus the equipment. It's a nitpickety thing, but I always think about it. It's in the back of my head all the time. I can't find the number, but it says here he has the second lowest strikeout rate of his career at this point via clutch points, whatever level of what you call credibility you want to give that. Um, Hey, remember when Max Scherzer got bone in ribeyes and lobster for the boys. And then he gave them all brand new AirPods when he went down there for his uh, rehab start. That was awesome. Chris sale wanted to leave a lasting impression with his beloved woo socks out of fucking whoosh dude. He went three innings, couldn't get out of the fourth, ended up with five strikeouts, five walks, three hits, one earned run. He went ahead and remodeled the clubhouse after that. Absolutely destroyed the place. Um, there's a video of him from sort of the point of view of the dugout, just ripping, you know, drywall, throwing shit. He smashed the TV. Um, <laughs> now the, the clubbies put where the TV was. There's just a hole in the wall. They put a dummy, uh, like a punching dummy with a photo of a TV taped to it. The TV still hasn't been replaced because it's the fucking woo socks and they're probably broke <laughs> as shit. They're serving jail food for fuck's sake. They don't have a lot of money. So I don't know who cleans this up, but question number one, Angela, did you see this? I did. What an a-hole. I like, <laughs> it makes me so upset. Ah, like, where do you even start? So, you know, you're supposed to be a role model probably, right? Like you start there. That <laughs> kind of start there. Fly off the handle like that and be that way. And the part that really 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 pisses me off as that he was like oh yeah like that's how I'm built like I'm a I'm a winner like I'm a professional athlete like that's how I'm geared and I was like oh what so he didn't even apologize in his weird statement by the way it was like oh yeah that's just how it is and it just reminds me of you know like it, I was married to a guy like that once just because you're an ass doesn't mean that and you're like hey I was an ass like that doesn't mean that it's okay and oh by the way like here, I'll buy you presents and everything's better now, right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? He just looks like a fool. Yeah, it's so foolish. I sort of disagree with you there, Angela. I think <laughs> if uh, what? I think <laughs> I think if if Chris Sell was to show up with a 70-inch Vizio, it might smooth it over a whole lot better in the clubhouse. So. That's all he I'm seems saying. like the kind of guy that anybody who slights him, he asks them, Do you know who I am? Do you have any idea right. who I am? Yeah, he he definitely. You're you're right about that. He that is a little bit ridiculous, but yeah, I think a a, a little seventy inch Vizio and some earpods might go a long way to smoothing that one over. But he he doesn't seem like that guy. And and I don't know about you guys, but nothing screams loser more than throwing a mm-hmm. tantrum in the middle of the field when you get shelled. 
nothing nothing shows me that you are a mental midget when you try when you literally throw yourself on the ground or come in the dugout and throw a a, a ten year old fit. That's the guy who's blaming everybody else when stuff goes wrong that he maybe was partially responsible for as a team sport. We preach, yeah, we preach body language to to young kids, and and you know, there's nothing nothing that shows you know the person that you're playing against that man, we we really we really got this guy. And then just going ahead and 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 acting a fool in front of everybody, and and I mean, you see young kids do that all the time. They strike out, they go back to the dugout, they cry and sling snot and throw things or whatever, and that that's that's part of the game that. You, you hope that you get out. Now we're not talking about a game six of the World Series where you gave up the run or whatever. That you, we're talking about, you're on a rehab assignment or you're on an assignment to try to get better in a in a level that's supposed to be lower than you are, and they get to you a little bit. I mean, you see that going on from across the field. You got to know, hey man, we got this guy. We we have really roughed this guy up. This guy is is complete complete meltdown mode. I, I don't know. We see it a lot in, across all, all of sports, not just, you know, with, with sales. It just seems like, you know, baseball is, is the most uh, volatile, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's happened ar- ar- around. These guys should be better at their, their craft a little bit. There should be a little bit more professionalism involved. But, a- again. I think so. I mean, if you give a shit about your future and, you know, you're – rehabbing or you know there's always somebody there ready to take your place right and as integrity goes if if it's about talent and things are neck and neck or you know the next best person is coming along and he's not so much of a hothead a-hole like I don't know whatever I mean I know it's about money it's about business but at some point it's about damage control too and like you said it wasn't the world series but what the hell are you doing you can have a mortgage or you can have a tantrum you can't have both yeah, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it really, I mean, do when you see something like that, do you ever see a guy like that? That's a true great. It, is there any videos of, of Nolan Ryan ever having a meltdown in the dugout because he got shelled? I mean, I, I don't think so. These, that's the difference in the level of, you know, somebody that has their mental game together or whatever. And somebody that just, you know, do you, you, you just don't see that. I was thinking about that. He did punch Robin Ventura, though. That well, that that was a horse of a different color, right. and uh, you know, I I kind of got to think that 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 was a, a competitive moment. He didn't right. come in and trash the dugout, but yeah, I'm I, that was quite that a was quite a deal. Uh, no, man, I, I, you think about that. That's just a, a a different aspect of the game that these guys got a lasso, and that's maybe part of why he's there to begin with because he's a mental marvel. But yeah. I don't know. All right. That's enough baseball on to bigger and better. You guys want to talk about hockey? The San Jose sharks (laughs) have hired a new GM, Mike Greer, first black GM in NHL history. NHL has only about 5% black players. One black coach ever shout out Dirk Diggler Graham of the Chicago Blackhawks. What a stash on that guy. Oh man. You owe it to yourself to look up Dirk Graham of the Chicago Blackhawks. Just, just, Big, big coach. What a name. Yeah. He played 15 years in the league, Mike Greer. Uh, Multiple teams, including the Sharks from 06 to 09. Those smarter than I regarding hockey like the hire. Um, He got right to work, too. They traded uh, their early round pick for more picks 
in the 22 draft. So, you know, he got in the office and got right to work. I love it. Cleaning it up. Make the run for the cup. What's <laughs> Hey. Objective, right? Good for him. That's awesome. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. It's going to be cool. I'm sure. I'm going to look up their record. So I'm I'm looking Dirk Graham up. I mean, he had a great stash. Oh. Shame on the NHL for not celebrating this. I mean, shame on him. This goes back to our argument from okay, the get-go. We've learned through this whole bass Stanley Cup that they are really bad at reporting anything no. ever. Yes, uh, ever. The, the yeah. other night we were doing the podcast and literally, you know, John told me that the draft was that night. I was like, you got to be kidding me. No, Blackhawks. Well, one I, of the, watching, I lost half my hockey team. I'm just going to tell you. I'm flat out. <laughs> well, one of the biggest nights in the sport. And and I don't even know what's going on. I mean, and now don't get me wrong. I I don't. I'm a fan, so I'm looking for it. So I knew, but yeah, they don't broadcast it at all. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not as exciting. It doesn't draw as much hype. I don't know. Whatever. They need to work on it. Minnesota North Stars. What a great <laughs> uniform slash logo, man. I remember it. It was a great. That was that was great. Now they're the what? The Wild. Yeah, they go to the well, became the, the Dallas Stars, stars or yeah, and then the Wild. That ripped my heart. Yes, right? oh, yes. That's gross. The day and, I and I've, I've actually been to a Dallas Stars game. It's a great venue down there, American Airlines Arena. Great venue for hockey. I've never been. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's not not bad. That's good. That's good stuff. I gotta. I didn't. I did not know that. Good for you, Dirk Graham. Yeah. Great oh, name. Absolutely. All right, we're at 50-some minutes. i got a couple more stories. This woman uh, named Katrina Bookman, she won a $42 million jackpot at a casino, um, took a selfie with the with the jackpot, and then they took her in the back and said, yeah, that's uh, that was a malfunction. You'll get nothing and like it. The sticker says, malfunction oh. voids all plays and pays. I think this was, she spent like six years suing them, um, a New York city casino in 2016. She's still gridlocked in a lawsuit with them about not paying her and claiming there was a glitch within the machine. Um, they won't even give her because granted it was, a some sort of computer glitch. The machine max payout is 6,500 bucks. So it was some kind of mistake, but they won't even give her the 6,500 to like honor the max payout of the machine. I don't understand. Why would you want this bad of publicity? It's 6,500 bucks. Right. Yeah. That's a drop in the bucket for them. I'm sure. Like, but, but this is, this is again, the almighty of uh, this. This is, you will run out of money before me. So middle fingers in the air. We're not doing this. That's what that is. Well, That's what that is. I've lived it. About, I mean, there's a million ways to like, apparently, which I didn't know until I watched a um, show about this. There's a whole bunch of different ways to get um, those machines to like, to glitch. So they probably have to do that and stick by it for the people who are like cheating the system. That's way beyond me. I could never do that. I could never pull it off, but apparently people do. So I, I guess... Angela, you're right. You're, there's a movie that just came out about that. It, yeah. I, yeah. I just watched it the other night with my wife. It's a funny movie. It, uh, Jerry and Marge go large, I think is what it's called. <laughs> and it's called. It, it's literally based on a true story. It, it, they actually show Jerry and Marge at the end. 
And it was about this guy that retired and he was good with numbers. He worked for Kellogg's cereal company. Uh, long story short, he was really good with numbers and he didn't have a lot going on after retirement. And so what he does is he sits down and he starts studying the lottery and these quick picks and things like that. There's a certain game in it. And he figures out a pattern that he essentially can buy tickets and and end up end up winning if he if he bought the more tickets he bought the more he would win so it ended up doubling like i think the first time he did it he spent uh $800 and he made 1600 and then he essentially was doubling it every time and and the whole movie was about him and that he lived in this little town and he was kind of the uh hero of the town as far as he was just an old guy in the town and he was a guy that retired and he had the same routine every morning. I don't want to get into spoiling it for you guys, but the town rallies around him and he ends up doing a lot of great things for the town. There's another group in of college kids that figure out this same thing across the country simultaneously and they start doing it too. And the two groups start battling. The college kids actually come and see him and are like, hey, let me buy you out because we figured this out and we're way better than you at it. And he actually is, he actually gets his whole city, his whole town in on it and starts like doing things for the town that was going bankrupt. Now that may be a little bit of sensationalism for Hollywood, but the guy documented did things like uh, renovating things in the city and kind of turning this town around and the town rallied around him. And that's kind of what the movie's based about. It's a really great, uh, Annette, I think Annette Benning's in it and uh, uh, Brian yeah. Cranston. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great movie if you get time to watch it, but Angela's right. This is a real thing. And so maybe they do have to. And in that movie, the lottery is uh, depicted as well, we're up here and you're down here and they just keep cutting this guy checks because he's only winning like, you know, 15,000, 16,000, but he's, he's winning on a regular basis. And yeah. finally he gets big enough, you know, he starts winning enough where he goes and meets with the lottery and is like, Hey, you guys obviously have a flaw here. Um, and, and, and it ends up the other people, the other group of people end up getting in trouble over it, but. Anyhow, I'm sorry. It's it's that was a great it's a great movie. I I got on a sidetrack, but that is a real thing where they have to um they have to hold to that. Maybe that's like Angela said. I think you're right. Maybe they had to just stick a flag in the ground and say we're not paying you because if you know now then everybody will come out of the woodworks and say right this or that. Aww. So. Maybe a what point to that. a good story. I almost want to end on that. I almost don't want to bring up the cocaine eels in the River Thames, <laughs> but it's such a good story. Um, this uh, is from the it. Evening Standard in UK. Quote, cocaine in the Thames, another problem eels don't need. Uh, the eels in the river are becoming <laughs> hyperactive from the amount of cocaine in the wastewater coming into the environment. This isn't a smuggler who cut open a giant pallet of cocaine as he was being, you know, chased and dumped it in the river, which is what I thought it was. This is just Londoners doing massive rails all day and night and then relieving themselves into the pub urinals. And reports are the, uh, the fish and the eels are getting a little jacked up. I heard there's a lot of caffeine in there too, which doesn't help apparently. What the hell is going on with the water system? <laughs> like, what are they doing over there? Uh, or not doing? They're going nuts. 
it seems like every day, you know, something like that, you know, I turn on the internet and there's people taking their kids fishing and they go out in Florida and they catch, you know, uh, kilos of cocaine (laughs) instead of fish (laughs) that were dumped. I mean, I'm like, I think the the dad was taking a picture of his two daughters with these two trash bags full of yeah. cocaine. I mean, the I, caption was when you take your daughters fishing and they catch their first cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's crazy. It's uh, that's that's crazy stuff. Do you mount that on the wall? Do you put them both together? Or do you separate them? That's your first one. You get a replica made of those. You get replicas made. You want oh, okay. You want to release the uh, the original. <laughs> when I get up and turn on the internet is the most coach thing I've ever heard him say. <laughs> I love it. The internets, the interwebs, oh, the interwebs. The, the, the <laughs> all right. Yeah, my, my, my kids love it that I call it that. I, I say yep. that to them all the time. They're like, the internets, the internets, like the Facebook. I'm like... I mean, that's yep. what it Ever is. Ever since I started watching the letters, Kenny's, I started pluralizing every other words, and it starts to bother my daughter a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It irritates him. It irritates him. I, it's the little things. That's it's the, the little things. Right there. Parental irritation. No, oh, that's... That's a show in Absolutely. itself. I could I could give a I could give a master's class on that because I yep. I play that like a violin. Yep. The the right when they start out with the hey dad can I, I always hit the yeah you know what I'm gonna need from you today <laughs> I don't know can you <laughs> oh she hates that one all right we're gonna get way off track we're at an hour let's get out of here thank you everyone for listening. If you've come this far, then you like the show. So hook us up with a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever platform you're getting us on. If you already have, congratulations. You're our favorite kind of person, especially if you typed some words in there. We're like, kids, any attention is good attention. You can say whatever you want. Hey, that host guy's amazing. He came over and didn't trash the place or anything or tell us about a great catch you made in the stands. It doesn't matter what you type. As long as the little algorithm bots come by tonight and see some text in there, it's all positive for us. Until next time. Be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.